Well, good morning. I'm Donald Wayne, and this is Trice Talk Mini Pod for, well, it's actually Tuesday morning now on uh, March the 23rd already. And it's a little after 1.30 in the morning. Um, I appreciate you joining me for another episode. And tonight, this episode, I'm not going to read uh, anything from an article from Huckabee's newsletter or Fox News or Newsmax. Um, I had I had a lot of thoughts banging around in my head today because of the, the various stories I was hearing on the news and, and some of the events that have occurred in the last week or so. Actually, much longer than that, but they seem to be stacking up more here lately. So I'm going to share a few things with you that I've been thinking about today and maybe pose a few questions along the way as well. And, um, it's just some things that I, I kind of have to get off my mind. Um, it's stuff that we say occasionally on, on the trash talk live series, but, um, I, I just thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to, to kind of go down that road and, and look at where we've been and, and, and in my opinion, what was leading up to what we're dealing with today. Uh, like many conservative Americans, uh, and I would hope that there's some fair-minded Democrats out there as well, I'm concerned about this course of destruction our country seems to be on right now. Uh, Dennis Lee, myself, uh, and Eric Kirk have talked numerous times about the double standard or hypocrisy, if you will, that exists in America today. In my opinion, it it has existed for several decades, but in its current form, it's, it's, I believe it's far worse than it ever has been. I mean, Democrats and liberals have always held Republicans to different standards of behavior than they're willing to uh, hold themselves or maintain for themselves. And if you're old enough, think back to the Clinton years, which personally, I would gladly take Bill Clinton again over this crap that we're dealing with right now, but that's another story. Do you think Donald Trump or maybe even George Bush would have been able to stay in office after some of the things that occurred under Bill Clinton? And it's not just the Monica Lewinsky thing, but there was several other issues. And then there was the uh, uh, a lot of the allegations and, and the things that came out about Bill Clinton's time in the governor's office in um, Arkansas. But anyway, there there was a number of things. Um, and I have to say, Bill Clinton is a likable guy, or he was a likable guy from afar, something that I could see. I have no firsthand knowledge because I've never been that close to him. But certainly I would have taken him uh, again over even Barack Obama, but certainly over Joe Biden. But I don't think anybody else... No Republican would have survived the things that Bill Clinton survived when he was in office. And of course, this is not a judgment, uh, my judgment of whether or not he, he should have been taken out of office for some of the things that happened, but it's just an observation. I do believe that the Democrats 
kicked into a higher gear when George Bush was elected, however. And of course, they never really got over the hanging Chad thing in my mind. So, you know, that that hung on for a long time. Um, the Democrats insulted George Bush every chance they got. Not quite as bad or not nearly as bad as they did Donald Trump, but they certainly gave him a hard time. And, of course, the, the rhetoric was a little bit different, um, maybe not quite as vile as it was. I don't, I don't remember anybody ever calling George Bush a racist or, or that he supported white supremacy. But um, anyway, I, I think maybe 9-11 had a little bit to do with uh, maybe them taking a little easier on him than they would have otherwise. I think if 9-11 hadn't happened, maybe, you know, uh, maybe things would have been different. Maybe even George Bush might not have even been reelected. I don't, I don't know. Um, but then they got Barack Obama and the world was good for the Democrats and liberals in this, in this country, at least for a while. In my memory, that is when I, I really first remember the reemergence of the words racist and racism in this country. Um, for, for those of us that didn't support Barack Obama, uh, mainly because of him being a Democrat, for one, and then, of course, his, his, his policies that he supported and his agenda for another. I mean, we were told by the left and the media, thank you very much, that just because you you only didn't like Barack Obama because he was black. Therefore, you are a racist because you didn't support him. You know, which escapes all logic, because if you're a Republican and you have Republican ideals or you're conservative, if you even want to dissect that a little bit more uh, and you have conservative ideals, why in the world could you find yourself voting for Barack Obama just just for the historical context. I mean, you still have your beliefs. You still have your core values that you believe in. And if there's somebody running for office that, that doesn't fit that for you, then why are you expected to support them? But that's, that was the rhetoric and it, it, it continued for eight years. And so much so that there were certain circles in this country that you couldn't even have a discussion about Barack Obama because people would automatically say, well, you just don't like him because he's black. Or you can't accept the fact that a black man finally got elected president. It had nothing to do with the fact that he had different ideas and different sets of values than we as conservatives or Republicans have. No, couldn't have been that. I certainly understood the historical significance of him being elected, and, and I would have been glad uh, to be excited about it if only he were on the same page as conservatives and, and Republicans. I mean, if he had been a Republican, let's say Barack Obama was a Republican, do you think any Democrats would have celebrated the historical significance of him being elected president if he were a Republican? No. No, because every black Republican that, that the Republican Party has ever had kind of elevated to uh, positions of prominence, at least, you know, there was a time even some people talked about Colin Powell, which 
you know, Colin Powell was considered a good Republican back, you know, when, when he was in his heyday, but, uh, of course, in recent years, he evidently couldn't stand, uh, Donald Trump. So he, um, was very critical of him, but anyway, there was a lot of us, myself included that thought Colin Powell might be a good, good candidate for, uh, running for president for the Republican party. But he, he indicated early on that, um, when that conversation started, that he wasn't interested in that job. And I could kind of understand that it changes your life. Um, but I would have liked to have seen that to be the case. I would have liked to have seen that whole issue turn around and Barack Obama had been a Republican with Republican values and ideals and in a Republican agenda and see how, how uh, supportive Democrats would have been, see how excited they would have been for him to be the first black president of the country. I mean, Democrats didn't give two hoots about Sarah Palin becoming possibly the first woman vice president of the country, uh, back in, um, uh, was it, oh gosh, I lost the date here. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, uh, but that, that could have been something the history books could have recorded. Um, if Sarah Palin had, you know, if she had become the first woman vice president of the country. And of course, John, Mc, uh, John McCain as president, almost said John McClain, like, uh, <laughs> Oh no. All right. But because she was a Republican, Sarah Palin, um, you know, all they did was give her a hard time and, and they criticized her. In fact, I think that's, I think they have training that you have to be able to criticize any Republican that runs for high office in this country, because they're obviously not good people. A lot of times they're not very well educated and they just have the wrong sets of values. I think they kind of, uh, course she had a little bit of a different way of talking as well being from alaska but um you know there there wasn't a whole lot of support for possibly the first woman vice president of course that couldn't have been a racial issue because she was white but then if uh probably i don't know if any of you are old enough to remember but she wasn't actually the first woman to be a vice presidential candidate back in 1984, Walter Mondale, who was running against um, Ronald Reagan and he was the leading Democrat for president at that time. Uh, he chose Geraldine Ferraro to be his running mate. And of course I remember that very well. And actually, you know, of course, I was already Republican by then. I was I was a Reaganite, but um, I was kind of excited about a woman being chosen to be a running mate. Uh, again, I wish that had been a Republican that could have done that, but um, obviously, I didn't support you know Walter Mondale or any of his uh, uh, the Democrat policies at the time. But I. I 
I still kind of felt a little excited that they actually had a woman that uh, was going to be on the ticket. And, and, of course, I had to wonder, even though that didn't go over too well, and, of course, Ronald Reagan was too popular and, and, and he got reelected. But I wonder why Democrats didn't try to make history again and pick another woman to run with possibly Bill Clinton. Well, that kind of may answer its own. I may have answered the question, just running with Bill Clinton and being a woman, that might not have been considered the wisest thing to do. But um, as far as that's concerned, why didn't, why didn't they try a woman candidate for vice president again with Barack Obama? I mean, that really would have been a historical moment, wouldn't it? They have the first black president and the first woman vice president on the same ticket. But I don't know. You might make a, uh, an argument that they were waiting to play that card again uh, when they needed it more than ever. Even though the media loved Barack Obama, other than his Obamacare bill, the country was wanting a drastic change of direction by the end of his for, uh, end of his last term. If uh, hopefully many of you can remember that, I mean, uh, some of the uh, sparkle kind of fell off the office uh, by the time he was leaving. But you know, he was still uh, revered uh, more than uh, George Bush was when he left office. The amazing thing is. Other than the questionable benefits of his health care plan, did the country actually improve under Barack Obama's watch? Did the lot of the minorities in America improve much during Obama's eight years in office? Did race relations improve in America during Obama's eight years in office? Did minority incomes rise appreciably during Barack Obama's eight years in office? I mean, there are dozens of questions you could ask along with the line of did this or did that improve during Barack Obama's eight years in office? I would expect that many of the questions could be answered with a resounding no. But if you listen to Democrats or their media mouthpieces, they will sing nothing but praises about Barack Obama's time in office. but they will also totally ignore many of the things that did not go well or that he did not do well. I mean, think about um, all the money that was wasted during uh, Obama's time in office when uh, they made, the Democrats made their first big push about green energy. And the Obama administration gave out thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to companies, to uh, startup companies for making solar panels and, and green energy related jobs. And how well did that turn out? I mean, think about it. That was over 12 years ago, roughly. But then unlike Donald Trump, there were not a lot, uh, a bunch of gutless politicians in his party that were ready to throw him under the bus every chance they got. 
He also didn't have to suffer people in his own White House that were taping his every word or phone conversation in an effort to have something to leak to the ever-hungry press or to sell to some magazine. Barack Obama got a pass. And even after he left office and things started coming out about his possible role in trying to take down Donald Trump, even before he was sworn in, the media is either not interested or wave it off as conservative lies. And yes, probably a little bit of racism in there too, again, still. Then we had Donald Trump in the White House, and all of a sudden the media was in blitz heaven. They probably realized early on that this guy was going to be an endless source of stories for them, even if they have to make them up. After all, people are going to believe anything they say that is negative about this brash president the conservatives have elected. Suddenly, Trump and anyone who works for him or voted for him or supports any of his policies is a racist, homophobic, white supremacist. And there was probably a couple that I left out of there, but those stick out because they kind of carried all the way through his four years. From the very beginning, many prominent politicians, media darlings, and much of the Hollywood elite refused to accept this man as their president. How many people did we have go on TV or get interviewed or go on talk shows saying that they didn't not accept Donald Trump as their president? He was not their president. And, you know, Maxine Waters saying early on that she was going to do everything in her power to take him out. And we assume that she meant out of office. They said awful things about Trump. Maybe some, maybe to some extent, some were earned. He did have a way of getting on people's bad side. He was not very polished in a lot of his rhetoric. He certainly wasn't a politician who would slap people on the back, smile in their face. They associated Trump supporters to people who shop at Walmart and believe in God and carry guns. All of that like it was a bad thing. You remember that? That was early on. I mean, those are the only people. What what, what a, a classist thing to say that people who shop at Walmart were the, were the supporters of a Donald Trump meaning we couldn't afford to shop anywhere else and that we believe in God. I mean, oh my goodness, what a, what a negative comment to make about people. And then, of course, the carrying the gun things, you know, maybe a lot of that was true. But that's true for a lot of conservatives. But then we had record purchases of guns in 2020, we've talked about that before on Trice Talk. And I can tell you from experience and people that I saw at the gun stores back along about October, all of them weren't Republicans. I hate, I hate to burst the bubble on, on, on you liberals on the left side. They were not all Republicans. 
the Democrats talked about Russia collusion for several years. If, if I mean, it even came up in the last year of Trump's. But of course, they had so much other stuff they wanted to talk about then. They didn't need that as much. But in fact, one could argue that Congress spent so much time trying to get things on Trump to remove him from office that they did a little else for four years. Unfortunately, as conservatives, we have to be upset with the old guard Republicans as well, because we had the White House, we had the Senate, and we had the House for two years. And we really came away from that experience with little show for it. In fact, much of the positive things that were done under Trump were by his hand alone. The Republican Trump haters like Mitt Romney and others refused to help Trump get anything done on immigration reform. Their perfect opportunity to make history and actually do something, actually do something that they promised Ronald Reagan they would do in the 80s if he would grant amnesty to the already hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants that were here in the country at that time. Oh yeah, we're going to fix it. I wonder if they got that in writing, but they let all that opportunity go by the wayside. That chance to make changes that could have prevented much of what we're having to deal with now, or even what, we had to deal with the last two years of, of the Trump administration. So yes, even Republicans have a double standard. The last two years of Trump, the Democrats took their, their gains in the house as a signal that the country wanted to rid itself of this scourge in the white house. This is the time when the Democrats stepped up their hypocritical ways and and then eased racism back into everyday commentaries in the life, on life in the U.S., I guess you should say. One might say they were priming the nation for their attempt to regain their coveted power in 2020. Of course, 2020 was all the proof that liberals needed that our country had to be dismantled, removing racist white leaders and even silencing white voices that refused to accept that America was in the state that it's in because of them and their leader, Donald Trump. The movement became loud, destructive, and cunning. They attacked any institution that was considered white America. They tried to convince the nation that all statues, monuments, and even our founding fathers, including Abraham, well, he wasn't a founding father, but in, including Abraham Lincoln, had to be taken down a few notches are removed from the books altogether because of their views and actions during their lifetime. I wonder if these true anarchists understand that if it had not been for many of the white people they seem to hate so much, they probably wouldn't be living in a country that would tolerate the crap that they did throughout most of 2020. How much of what happened last year do you think would occur in China without some serious repercussions or possibly even in Russia? And Russia is probably not as bad about uh, crowd control as they are in China, but um, it, it certainly wouldn't float there either. 
But then since it appears that we are allowing socialists to redesign our education system in this country, then I guess I shouldn't be surprised that left-wing liberal socialist leaning groups don't appreciate how and why America exists. And without that understanding, they will destroy the very thing that gave them this freedom to do what they are doing today. America has an imperfect history because people are imperfect. The concept, the basic principles, our constitution is what makes America unique. Not the flawed people that live here. If we are such a bad racist country, why do people by the thousands, some legally and many not so much, turn their backs on their homes and take the chance of coming here, leaving everything they've known behind? Do you think this many people try to get into other countries around the world every year? Do you think they are willing to risk everything to get into China or Russia? Do you think they want to come to a country that only allows liberal points of views to be expressed? Do you think they want to come to a country that has a media that only reports one side of a story? Do you think they want to come to a country that has a political elite that decides what its citizens can and can't do? Do you think that they want to come to a country that basically takes their children away from them as far as education is concerned and even in personal and health issues as well? I mean, the courts are deciding today almost taking the rights away from parents of kids younger than 10 years old. Do you think that they want to come to a country that forbids them from calling family members mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle? There may be some. There may be many that are perfectly willing to let the state run their lives from cradle to grave. In essence, making life effortless. So one might think. But the people who came to this country and founded this government over 200 years ago, that was the kinds of things they were trying to escape. People have died for those ideals and values. And yes, America has many things that we should be ashamed of, but we have an awful lot to be proud of as well. Much of the world, much many of the countries in the world, I should say, owe America their own freedom because of our efforts in World War I and World War II. What other country could have done what the United States did? Now, of course, we didn't do it alone, but we certainly were the force that turned the wars. But if they taught those things, if they taught those values to kids in school, that would not serve their purpose. These people that support Biden and his administration are not trying to fix what needs to be fixed in America. Politicians have failed to do that for the last 50 plus years. They generally do just enough to get reelected. I mean, you think about it. Uh, Lyndon Johnson and, and 
and uh, the the Great Society from the '60s, and uh, all the reforms that the Democrats uh, passed in the '60s were to make America a better place and more racially equal for everyone over 50 years ago and we're still trying to work it out is it the people or is is it the politicians and think about this some politicians uh, have been there for a long time um, I think the longest right now is, is 44 years, I believe, 44 years. Um, but we did have some at some point that had been in there over 50 years. The one guy that was making some real progress towards improving things in this country was assaulted and pushed out by vengeful media and vengeful politicians. And that's including some Republicans. They lied and I believe they cheated to help elect a man that should have never been the candidate for president. He's probably not a bad guy. I, you know, I, I've said before on Trice Talk that uh, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody on the Democrat side. I get angry about some of the ones like Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters that say some of the things that they say in AOC. Uh, because I disagree with them strongly uh, about their positions and, and, and what they believe America should be and where they want it to go. It's that disagreement with those things that make me dislike them, but I do not hate them. I do not want anything bad to happen to anybody. But with Joe Biden, I just, the guy is just too old. And, and does not appear to be in, 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 the, in the proper health to be the president. And you not think that if, if we had a Republican in the same condition that Joe Biden is in, that, that that would not have been an issue during the campaign, and he probably couldn't have gotten elected by any means. But what are the odds that Joe Biden will be healthy enough to make it four years? I'm guessing that Democrats are unsure of this as well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be running full speed to pass every radical piece of legislation that they can pump out of D.C. I mean, I'm going to leave you this this question, or it's kind of a thought more than it is a question, but if Joe Biden steps down before 2021 is finished, how will you feel about having Kamala Harris step up and be the president? Especially all of you Democrats. I mean, after all, she barely got 1% of Democrat support for her run for the office of president. So she dropped out. So someone who couldn't even get enough support in her party to be make a strong uh, contention for the nominee or for the nomination is one step away from that very office that she couldn't get on her own. How are you going to feel about that? 
It's amazing how that works, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Well, maybe that'll give you a little bit to think about. Um, I appreciate you spending a little time with me listening to this podcast. And uh, don't forget, we'll be on tonight, Trice Talk Live. Myself, Dennis Lee, Eric Kirk usually joins us. And that'll be at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And for now, I'm just going to ease out of here with the way that I came in and uh, hope to see everyone this evening. Have a good day, everybody.